You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. So we need to break that stress cycle again and again, this negative feedback loop of communication of that perceived danger. So it also looks like changing natural habits and natural thoughts. So it's using state changers consistently throughout the day to break that stress pattern again and again and again. And so even changing your environment, so changing what's on the walls for a a new and different outcome, changing the clothes that you wear. Jeez, I believe that. You you go to... You ever go to someone's house and you get stressed out immediately? Oh, I have been to so many. Where, like, this where, is an ugly, wretched place. Yeah. No wonder you're grumpy. No, yeah. No, <laughs> no I, it, and I, that's not a joke. Well, it's like, I remember whenever I got my first office, I was talking with Sean and he, he is like so talented at visualizing and I'm not like, I can't visualize a space, right? He can look at an empty room and go, oh, you put a wall here and a couch here and a piece of art here. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I just see four walls. You know, I I just got nothing. So he was like helping me brainstorm. And then I started to think of art. And I was like, okay, well, well, I want art because I like art. So if I put this, put art here and art here. And uh, it was expensive, you know, at the time for me, what I was spending on the art, I was like, oh, geez, like, you know, should I really spend this money on art? And he goes, you will get the money back on the expense of this art with how it changes how you think when you're doing your work. Mm-hmm. I believe that because this, the office that I do my work in, it's beautiful. I feel good. Every time I show up, no matter if I'm having a good day or bad day, like I'm, it's, I feel peaceful. Oh there. yeah. When, when you go to someone's physical space where they spend their time, whether it's their house, their office, <laughs> you can walk into their space and tell instantly the quality of the decision-making person that they are. <laughs> yeah. You can just tell yeah. how they do things, how they decide things. It's funny. I was in an office where we took down a, a piece of art and it never got replaced. Mm-hmm. And it was indicative of how slowly decisions were made in that, in that environment because a replacement never, never happened. And so decisions weren't being made. So it was like, there's, there's a cue to you as to how decisions are being made. When I think about this, I, I think that when this comes to decision-making is that if we can lower our stress levels, if we can visualize the outcome that we're wanting, I think that it comes to a point where you're faced with those decisions. Those decisions take less energy. They create less stress. You'll make better decisions if you have visualized what the, the outcomes that you're wanting are. Yeah. A lot of like Olympic athletes visualize their performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was the Soviets that started it like in the, you know, Cold War era. Mm -hmm. They started to learn that if their athletes could visualize not winning, don't don't visualize standing there in the center of the ring with your hands up, visualize the start of the match, 
how you're going to go out there, how you're going to hold your fists when you're boxing your opponent, how you're going to throw your jab, how it lands, how it feels when your shoulder extends. Visualize all the things that you're actually doing, not the outcome you want. If you focus on the outcome, you're probably not going to get it because you're missing all the work that goes into creating that outcome. Visualize how you're going to swim, how you're going to pull the the strokes, how you're going to do all these things. And then visualize what happens when you're behind, right? Visualize coming from behind in a race. Mm-hmm. Visualize mm-hmm. over getting knocked down and getting back up. And visualize every scenario of good and bad so when it happens, you are more prepared to react in that moment. And um, I train a lot of jujitsu. One of the best coaches ever, 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 his name is John Donaher. He was a professor of philosophy, I think at Columbia, before he became a jiu-jitsu coach. He doesn't even, I don't think, train jiu-jitsu anymore because he has back injuries, hip injuries, he's older. Um, But he trains unquestionably the top team in the world, the number one best team and the number one best athlete named Gordon Ryan, who is unquestionably the best jiu-jitsu athlete ever. Nobody disagrees. I mean, he's the... Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan of jiu-jitsu. His coach is John Donaher, and John Donaher taught him to visualize these techniques, and it accelerated his learning. You know, the average athlete goes from day one to black belt in 10 to 12 years, and I think Gordon Ryan was competing at an elite level, like, within inside of five. Mm. Um, so I'm with you, Lindsay, on visualizing and how that can you know, train our brain to have physical outcomes that we're looking for. What do you say to people who say, yeah, that works for, you know, training, training physical movements, but what goes on inside, you know, beneath the skin uh, with your, your stomach illness or, or whatever your inflammation, uh, your brain's not going to help fix that. There are studies done to show physical changes that result from this brain body and mind body connection. So there's a study done on participants who I I believe it was for about three months where people would simply use visualization to think about lifting a weight, training one specific muscle group, you know, so training your biceps and, you know, half of the participants just thought about it for a certain amount of time every day for three months. The other half actually went to the gym, lifted the muscles or lifted the weights, you know, and were using their muscles. And they measured the physical muscle growth after this period of time. The people who were actually lifting the weights had a 30% muscle growth in the bicep. The people who just used thought had a 15% growth in their muscle, not lifting anything. You're telling me I can save an hour every morning and I can <laughs> stop going out the outside and doing pull-ups? If you use that hour for visualization. So uh, okay, that's that's uh, that's It true. doesn't save you time. I can't just run it through my head real quick. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the benefit is there's no, you don't have to rest between sets on visualizing the pull-ups. Well, I, I, I had seen something similar to that where it was applied. I can't remember if it was archery or some... Some act, some, some athletic activity where the the time spent visualizing the act and hitting it was as valuable as as actually doing it. I definitely it, believe that I've, with archery. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear on the on the muscle growth. That's fascinating. I wouldn't have thought that. That single answer goes a long way to dispel skepticism that people 
might have toward the power of visualization. Thanks for making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Singer Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.